0: Welcome to the Cal Park Bros Podcast. The number one podcast amongst people with the last name of Kardashian.
1: Welcome to the Cal Park Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Terrence, and with me is my co host, Jason, calling in from the back cave in Indianapolis. Jason, how are you, my good man?
0: I'm doing quite well, sir. It's a double nickel episode 55, folks. So it's a good Tuesday. Ready to get into it? Let's do it.
1: Yes, sir. Thank, Thank you for listening. As Jason mentioned, this is episode 55 of the Cal Park Bros Podcast. For the uninitiated, Cal Park Bros is the podcast to hear. We are a weekly podcast of fans of sports. Current events and entertainment,
0: and as always, we are your hosts, Terrence and Jason. And every single Thursday, we come to you with a brand new episode where we discuss the current events of the day, sports, and the athletes we love,
1: and even some of the athletes we loved. No matter the topic, we can you can expect a brutally honest and fun exchange of snark while learning through the lens of our thirty years of friendship that originated in Calumet Park, Illinois.
0: Folks, for more Calpart Bros. content. Make sure you connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok under the handle Cal Park Bros or Cal Park Bros Podcast for more behind the scenes of the show and just to engage with us every single day. But do not forget that the Cal Park Bros Podcast is available to listen and subscribe for free wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Like us, love us, share us, follow us. And folks, if you like us, hell, why wouldn't you?
0: That's right, folks. Like Terrence said, we are the podcast to hear and watch. So make sure you're living it, loving it, and doing it.
1: Okay. Uh, Jason, I wanted to talk about Elon Musk uh, earlier this year when he was uh, named as uh, Times Man of the, Person of the Year. Uh, You were emphatically against that. uh, And maybe it, uh, that, 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 uh, that content just wasn't ripe yet. Um, But yeah, the the time seems right now, because the first thing we're going to be talking about the fact that Elon Musk uh, had his Whole Foods moment and decided to to buy the whole damn uh, platform of Twitter. So um, here we are talking about it. Um, I've been on Twitter for, at this point, at least 10 years. You just got an account, I want to say, within the last six months or so. Um, and you seem like you're a little more active now. Um, in some ways, you're more active than I am now. Uh, but all of the Twitterverse was ablaze. At, uh, once Elon Musk effectively pulled the trigger on uh, on on Twitter uh, last week, um, so yeah, I'm, what are some of your initial thoughts based on the the fallout from that purchase?
0: Yeah, uh, first of all, and to clarify, sir, uh, technically I had a personal Twitter account for a number of years. I just never use it, including to this day. <laughs> so. Th- so the the activity I, I i use on Twitter is through the CowPart Brillos page. So uh so yeah, that's my activity there. So I guess I could say so say I use it more than you currently, which is what it is. But personally, I don't use it on a personal page because I hate Twitter. Uh just kidding. Um but yeah, so you're correct that the last Elon Musk subject that came up, I had no interest in talking about it. This is a little more interesting because one is it's, it's Elon Musk, he's branching out beyond just Tesla and his other ventures, and he's brought bought the big face company of Twitter for upwards of 40 plus million, excuse me, 40 plus billion dollars. That number kind of surprised me because I didn't think Twitter was really that valuable that valuable, you know. Um, I know they're very popular. They're not the most popular social media site as of right now. I don't think that's changed just yet. But yeah, that's big big news. But I think really what it really boils down to is one, why did he buy this? And what's he planning to do with Twitter now that he has it? Uh, so, of course, a lot of the things are out there. Uh, it's definitely been noted by an article in CNBC that he wants to make major changes, uh, some of which are kind of maybe you know not that big a deal. But he wants to add an edit button to people so they can edit their tweets. Uh, he wants to get rid of the character limit. Uh, he, wants to, he wants people to kind of get more in the Twitter blue for whatever reason. I'm sure that's financial as well. He wa- the kind of the, couple of the big things is he wants to make the algorithm more public, because he wants to build more trust in the people with the platform, so people will kind of know how the algorithm works. And I think we all would agree that we would love to know exactly how the algorithm uh, algorithm works for all social media, Facebook, Twitter, what have you. Um, the other big thing is he well two other big things he says he wants to uh, take the company to a private company, as opposed to one that's public. So definitely that kind of um, stood out a little bit there as why he wanted to do that. But the big thing that kind of has me scratching my head and kind of had me pause a little bit is he says he wants to institute more of a free speech platform in the Twitter. And I kind of had to take a step back a little bit when he said that. I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Here we are. We have these other social media platforms that put people in jail for saying the wrong thing, which may be on a little bit of the extreme side. But here we have a, a billionaire guy wanted to basically take off the cap a little bit. And when I say cap, I don't mean joking. I, I mean, take off the cap when it comes to stuff. Basically he said, as long as it's not, whatever this is being said is not illegal. He's not basically going to you know put people in jail because of it. <laughs> so which on the surface could be a good thing. Free speech. We all love it. But at the same time, there's a reason why people get put in jail on Facebook because some of that stuff they need to get put in jail over, you know, and not to say that in its infancy, when I got on Facebook many moons ago, 18 some years ago, that'll probably put some stuff on there that probably was a little out there and wild. I'll admit to that. This is way, I'll say that's way before they started yelling people. So, but that's really the one thing that stood out to me. It's like kind of like head scratching. It's like, uh, I don't know about that, dog. How, you're going to have to tell me more how that's going to work. So, uh, those are kind of my initial thoughts. What say you about your thoughts? I know you love Elon Musk. So,
1: I mean, I like the, the Tesla car. It looks cool. Um, it's a little outside of my price range. But what... it's It seems like, number one, when I heard that he potentially might want to update the, uh, the character limit, I'm like, oh, so he wants to turn it into Reddit. <laughs> like, if there's one... If there's one place that people probably need to learn to say less, it's probably Twitter. I mean, the character count... Has probably said has saved a lot of folks from saying some really absurd shit, and to almost, you know, consolidate and streamline some of the things that they want to talk about. Um, I could look at that as potentially a good thing. Um, I'm not looking for a a uh, you know a novella from 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 bot accounts anyway, so. I'm, I'm not concerned, per se. It's just interesting that that's one of the changes he wants to make. I also thought it was interesting that, you know, I think a lot of people don't like Elon Musk, uh, number one. <laughs> he, he He's definitely giving off Bond villain vibes anyway. So, um, and that really doesn't matter, you know, whether you like him personally or you don't like him personally, the reality is he is a a fucking billionaire. He, he had the bread to do it. He, he had the stocks to, to get the bread. Uh, I thought it was really interesting that, you know, because there's so much churn right now in the, in the, on the stock price of Tesla be for this exact reason, because they feel like, Oh, you're going to put all your eggs into this Twitter basket. um, And they're wondering maybe he won't be able to focus on uh, the enterprise that is Tesla as much because he's, you know, he's focusing more on social media now. But I never I never freak out when ownership changes like that, because. There's only so much damage he can do anyway. I mean, the, the reality is. It wasn't like it was. I know it's it sounds like a hostile takeover, but ultimately, it still it still has to be approved. Everything on the up and up by the uh, by the government anyway. And for the average rank and file user on Twitter, what's going to change for us? Probably not a lot. If you love Twitter, guess what? You're still going to love Twitter. If you swore you were going to leave Twitter, guess what? You're already going to do it. Um. And so I don't look at this as a major change for for the platform. It's something new to bitch about because, you know, no, nothing trends on social media like, hey, this new thing happened and I'm not happy about it. So um, those are some of my initial thoughts. I think, you know, I'm not... I'm not on Twitter Blue or anything like that. I, you know, there there are select few people that I know through social media that I, that via Twitter. I'm going to continue to follow the same things. Um, I'm going to continue to use the platform pers- for personal reasons, so on and so forth. And so the day to day, nothing. This doesn't really change it for me. It's going to change for some of these uh, shareholders, probably probably a quite a substantial amount of bread uh, for them, um looking at sh- uh, looking at stock price, so yeah, those are my initial thoughts. I thought it was interesting, really that everyone's talking about censorship, and for me, Jason, it's like you realize how hard it is to get banned <laughs> on social media? I mean, we're joking about being put in jail, social media jail. I mean, you gotta be. You gotta like go crazy on social media to get like legit banned, and there's only really one guy that that actually happened to. That's Donald Trump. Speaking of which, that
0: that definitely is another question people have brought up is with his takeover. They're asking, is Musk going to reinstate Donald Trump to Twitter? Because obviously, as we know. You know, Trump got suspended based off the January sixth stuff that that went on. So, under Musk's you know stance of getting more open free speech, as long as it's not illegal, and that may be potentially part of the difference there, he's trying to going to open it up. Now, obviously, what Trump did going you know going backwards was probably looked at along the lines of it causing Ill- illegal activity. But again, that was before Musk took uh, took it over. So. They, so he could say, "Hey, you know what? We'll give you a second chance under my reign. Same rules as everybody else. We'll go from there." So we should see. We'll see what happens with that. Wouldn't be surprised if nothing happens. But when it comes to Twitter Blue, uh, supposedly his interest in having people subscribe to that is so there's some some payments that can happen when it comes to using uh, Musk's cryptocurrency, which is forgive me if I butcher the name DogCoin or DogCoin, whatever it's called. Um, and you mentioned the stockholders. So with the company going private, they don't really have to answer as hardly or or to stockholders. 90% of Twitter's revenue comes from advertisements. And that's one thing that the going private must is looking to do is get rid of ads on Twitter. So that would make a question about where's the money going to be coming from, from Twitter. If it's not, from the advertisement, which is ninety percent of your income, according to uh, an article from NPR, I'd imagine he has a plan in place for that. With him being a billionaire, he's not trying to lose money. He, did, I'm sure, he just didn't take over Twitter just to for the fun of it. It's a resource for him, you know. He's trying to trying to have some revenue, you know. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I, I think it's it's funny <laughs> you you kind of you didn't say the words you kind of equated him to Jeff Bezos where you say he's doing, he's doing his Whole Foods thing. I, I caught that. So so that, so that I know you said it jokingly. Was that what you, what you really kind of think, is that this is kind of a Jeff Bezos type move for him to acquire something that's outside of his main source of income?
1: I mean, it's absolutely a, damn, I really do have a lot of money. What can I buy tonight? Twitter.
0: Yeah, and again, the fact that he put up 44 billion bucks with a B, folks, with a B. So obviously he's got the money. But but again, you know, hey, good for him. Uh, we'll see what he does with it. I'm sure all eyes will be on whatever the first change he is that he's going to make. Um, one, another mention I will bring up is anytime I don't want to say a corporate takeover happens, but whenever a new ownership comes into play, of course what's going to, as an employee, what you have to think of, okay, new ownership, does that mean they're going to find ways to have less – Use for people. I mean, if I not to do ads. I have to imagine some of those employees who work there handle all the ads and stuff like that. So, are those people gonna get laid off? Twitter has about seven thousand-ish employees, and I believe the previous ownership said that as of right now, during this process, we're not, we're not, we're not gonna lay anybody off. But well, we can't guarantee what's gonna happen after this. This, you know, takes takes over and goes into place. Right. So. Uh, that's something else to keep an eye on. I'd probably say that's probably the most important thing. Um, I, I don't know how Elon Musk has handled tw- uh, Tesla when it comes to laying people off. I never got the vibe from him that he's an evil billionaire or nothing like that. So I wouldn't think his first goal is to start cutting people and firing them. Because that wouldn't be a good look for him. That's something else to think about, too. But we'll see. Um one thing I do want to mention is that you say people. I mentioned the evil billionaire. People may not like Elon Musk. I think some of that is just billionaire hate. I mean, seriously. I mean, think about it. Of all the publicized billionaires out there, how many of them are actually well liked by the public? I can't think of any.
1: You? Warren Buffett does okay. Okay. Is that is that new money? Is that is that new money hatred is I think is what you're going for. Well, th-
0: if you, well, people consider Trump a billionaire.
1: I actually think there was a squabble between Bill Gates and uh Elon Musk. Um, and you know, I always get a chuckle when you when you see a little, you know, social media spat between two billionaires. Or hell, even two millionaires. Or, you know, a dollar, if you will. Um, but uh yeah, I think it was, it was literally an old money versus new money beef. And, you know, if you, you're someone like Bill Gates, who has made, you know, an astronomical amount of money over the last, you know, 30 years, and then you got some, some new cat with, with, with basically pushing his own currency. the <laughs> um, it's, he he he's absolutely a disruptor and he's one of the newest disruptors um and that's going to rub some people the wrong way um and so i think that's the most objective way he's going to be a polarizing person no matter what well wow. i think and i think for me it should force people to say okay let's actually look at it and see what this person did while they were in charge as opposed to just saying oh we don't like this person we're going to leave so
0: yeah, and that's why I say with the layoffs, that's going to be, again, the most important thing of all the stuff we talked about. I mean, when it comes to the edit button, the character limits, and all the other crap, free speech, or whatever, all it's well and good. But if you cut out half the employees, and that's a random number, folks. I'm not saying that's out there, that, that what it might be. But if you're cutting, you know, a bulk of the employees, I have to imagine that's going to stand out pretty well when it comes to, and I don't want to use the word legacy, but when it comes to his reputation. And keep in mind, he also has another business to think about too. So, Because people don't really look too finely when it comes to mass layoffs. So, again, maybe something he has to think about when it comes to how it might affect his Tesla business. Plus, not to mention, you're already looking to sell stocks and shares anyway of, of Tesla to help you for this purchase right here. So, so yeah, I'm sure all this money moves. Carney B might talk about making money moves or whatever, but her money her money her money ain't her money ain't nothing like but like Elon Musk. So Elon uh, Musk, obviously all these moves have to be money moves. Now I'll give him credit that he's not an idiot. So we'll see what happens. I could be proven wrong.
1: He also wasn't born poor, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there.
0: Well, maybe not, but he ain't losing money either, so.
1: Alright. That concludes our segment on Times Person of the Year, Elon Musk. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about um, one of the most severe punishments for domestic violence in major league sports. Coming up next on Cowpire Bros. bros jason and i are fresh off the segment we discuss uh elon musk having this whole foods moment um twitter would twitter might be might be in pretty good hands in elon musk's hands i i always wonder why people react when like oh a new person is taking over i'm like unless they say it all right hey everybody gonna get fired (laughs) just relax All right. In the second segment, we're going to be talking about something, unfortunately, um, we we know we either have been affected or we know someone that's been affected and domestic violence. Um, And news came out last week uh, that Major League Baseball was going to suspend Trevor Bauer, uh, pitcher, uh, for the equivalent of two years. Uh, for uh, domestic domestic violence allegations, um, and the significance of this, of course, is we we are not that far removed, Jason, from uh, the Ray Rice incident, where when it first occurred, Ray Rice only got two games, um, and then the video came out. And that's when the National Football League realized, oh, shit, we can't just let this guy have two games, even though they would have done it had the video not appeared, had the video not been leaked. And so the fact that a major a major sports uh, league has taken these allegations, um, I mean, at this point, there's more than allegations, shit. NMLB probably has as much uh, um, surveillance muscle as the National Football League at this point. It's got to be more than the allegations if they're saying your ass ain't going to be playing for two years. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, back in February is when it, I believe it was determined in a criminal court that the judge decided we're not going to convict or whatnot or take the trial to bar based off the evidence not you know, not being beyond a reasonable doubt of his guilt. So that was dropped. So at that point, it was on MLB to decide, hey, are we going to suspend him? Or are we going to go do anything? Or are we going to let his leave of absence that he's had for these last, you know, months or so to stand in his, his suspension. Because he hasn't pitched since June of last year. And he's been on the shelf since then. So even if I thought that he was going to get suspended, maybe that time he spent, you know, away would count towards that. Well no. That 324 games didn't start till last Friday, so he basically not be pitching until April ish uh, 2024. And under the domestic um, abuse policy, domestic violence policy under you know by MLB, the longest anybody had been suspended under that was only for one year, 162 games. The shortest shortest was 15. So that goes and tells you how strongly Manfred and the MLB felt about the things that. I guess I have to say, allegedly, Trevor Bauer did. Now, I also will say that I I searched and searched for for hours trying to find any indication that there was some type of I shouldn't say that any kind of indication about what information was used by Manfred and MLB to decide to go ahead and do this. Now, of course, per you know agreement by the league and MLBPA, they couldn't make that you know public in regards to what information was used to make that decision, but To people's knowledge, there is no video evidence of what happened. There's no, you know, Ray Rice stuff when it comes to that video. So, again, basically MLB, despite, again, Bauer not being convicted or even tried or whatever in criminal court, MLB's uh, Manfred said, you know what? I don't care about the criminal situation. I don't care. There's no video. I don't care about the legalese stuff. Basically, he said, I think you did this, essentially. And because of it, because of what I think you did was so heinous, here's these two years, peace out, see you then. Now, obviously, Trevor Bauer is going to appeal this, which he still can't play during the appeal. And we'll see what happens. Maybe the fact that it wasn't a criminal trial at all, or he wasn't conv- convicted, may that might work in his favor to get it reduced. We'll see. But again, that's going to depend on what information the MLB has to make this decision. Again, given the lack of criminal case and no video evidence to anybody is aware of. Uh, Those are my initial thoughts. I mean, as a baseball fan myself, and I have to imagine any other baseball fan will feel the same way. Physically, you saw that number 324 games, your jaw had to drop a little bit. Verbally, I'm sure most people like me said, damn. And of course, you read every article about it, realizing, doing the math in your head, that's two years. So, I guess in his case, two-plus years, technically, again, given he hasn't pitched or anything since June. So, basically, might as well make it almost three. Um, and the fact of the matter is, he's actually he just signed a contract with the Dodgers right before, uh, I believe, the season started. A three-year contract. So, he almost basically isn't going to play a lick of that because by the time he's suspended, contract would be up and the Dodgers don't have to, technically have to pay him. So, So, those are my initial thoughts, man. It's definitely – and I'll let you jump in real quick, but you mentioned Ray Rice. This is, in a a way, again, I don't know if Trevor Bauer is guilty of any of this stuff, but I will say, in a way, kudos to MLB for actually saying you care about the domestic abuse policy and actually putting it into action. Whether it gets reduced or not is what it is because the NFL and other leagues, which I'm definitely going to go into, may talk the talk, but they don't seem to walk the walk.
1: When you said they don't talk the talk, but uh, they, they they talk to talk, but they don't want to walk. Can you give me an example?
0: Well, you just mentioned Ray Rice. So in, initially, he only got suspended for two games, right? And it wasn't until the video came out that he wanted to get suspended for only for only six. By the way, only six games, which isn't even half the season would be at sixteen or seventeen games. We know other situations, which again, I'll, I'll go into detail a little later, that people got suspended. For longer games, for less reason, I didn't, like, for example, Calvin Ridley, didn't he get suspended for 10 games for gambling? Or what, it might have been more than that, whatever. Whatever, his, whatever he was doing, he got suspended for more than that.
1: But still, like, I don't want to compare gambling and domestic that, that, violence.
0: That's, that's my whole point. That's my whole point. It's not, it's not playing the Olympics like you want to play. It's, there's a huge difference in domestic violence, which most people will perceive that to be worse than him gambling but yet he got more games than Ray Rice. Again, other examples as well. Greg Hardy originally spent it for 10 games. Appealed it got reduced to four or whatever it was. So, but that's what I'm referring to. And there's other examples in other leagues as well. That's why I'm saying that at least the MLB, whether they're overstepping or not, at least walk in the walk, not just talking the talk. They're not saying, they're not just saying they care, not really doing anything about it. Now this is the second time they have it for somebody for for at least one season. This guy got two, so kudos to them for that for at least walking the walk.
1: Yeah, right. and I think uh, you mentioned the the one hundred two million dollar contract he had. Past tense, um, because
0: well, he still no, he still has no. As of right now, he still has it. The Dodgers can still out to pay him if they want to, if they want to.
1: Well, that's that's one hell of an optics problem.
0: Well, I mean, and, and I just say after the fact because they can't while he's suspended, they can't pay him while he's suspended. So that's after the fact if they want to work something out. That's up to them. But while he's suspended, they can't pay. Him.
1: Right. I mean, I appreciate I appreciate the factual nuance of that, Jason. But why the hell would you want to do that? <laughs> if, if 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 why the hell would you want to do that, knowing knowing the optics if you do it.
0: Hey, you know, I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying that if they want to work out something with him after the fact, that's up to them. They could. I agree with you. May not be able to look for them or any team potentially that signs him after the suspension is over. But that's still up to the team if they want to do it. Somebody brought in Michael Vick afterwards. Didn't get the, they called heat for it, but they still did it. So, and I I I, I got to look up how old Trevor Bauer is. But in two years, I'm think he'll still be young enough to pitch if he wants. So somebody could, somebody could still sign him. Ray Rice didn't have that luxury. Nobody wanted him. But again, that video evidence of him was pretty damning, obviously. Trevor Bach and his lawyers to say, I wasn't convicted of anything. And somebody may go ahead and sign him. Again, 30 teams. All it takes is one, right? And again, not saying that somebody should sign, sign him, folks. So don't go out there saying Jason said somebody should sign him. No. I said somebody could if they wanted to, after the suspension's over.
1: I mean, now, now I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pull a U on you. Who's to say that this suspension has an end date?
0: Well, it, well, it does. Three hundred twenty-four as, as of right now is two seasons.
1: Right, but just like you said, hey, they they effectively had him on on uh, desk duty pretty much Mm -hmm. to like an interim. You can't play state status. What's to, what's to prevent the commissioner from effectively in two years from now. And this is, this is further proof that we're just overthinking this, but what's to say that Rob Manfred and company decide actually it's a, it's a permanent ban.
0: Well, well, I'd have to know what's arbitrated because since you already came out with two years, provided no other information comes out, which obviously we don't know, but based off the current information, I'd have to say that if Rob Manfred tries tries that, Trevor Bauer definitely would appeal it and he'd probably win. Uh and obviously I yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen with his first appeal, because that could get reduced too. We don't know. But I think this the more likely scenario as opposed to getting an additional suspension. It's what we talked about. Some teams, well, not some team, but teams deciding not to sign him at all. And I, I think that's really going to be the qu- question two is there. One is, is the appeal going to get, re- is a suspension going to reduce out of the appeal? And two, if not, or whether, either if it is or isn't, once he's allowed to come back, is he still going to be able to get signed? Or is he still going to be signed by a team in a major leagues? Again, 30 teams only takes one. And I'll say this. If it's believed that Trevor Bauer still has the talent to help a team, and somebody may take a look at him to find out. Taking two years, two years off as a pitcher typically is not a good thing. But that's a difference, another difference with, with, with other situations. Like we already said, what is the value you bring to a team over the detriment you might bring as well? Talked about Michael Vick. Yeah. Obviously, all the people hated him because of the dogfight and stuff. You know it's going to be a risk for any team to pick him up after that, which more than one team did, but particularly the Eagles, because they felt the value he could bring to them on the field was worth all the hate they'll be get from all all the you know protests and stuff like that. So it could be the same thing. Now I don't know how much heat Trevor Bauer is going to get from this, because again, you know, wasn't guilty in the in the court of law, so I don't know. Um but yeah, so that, that that is what it is. We'll see what happens with the appeal, which I think is the first step. There's no news about when the appeal is going to happen. Um multiple articles said it's already been filed. Uh, and I will say, people, as you probably imagine, when the appeal process happens, it will be heard by an arbitrator. Uh that's so, you know, again, those who no know arbitrator, somebody who's separate from Trevor Bauer, no relation to him, and no relation in correlationship with. Manfred and MLB. It's somebody totally neutral, hit both sides, and go from there. Which, again, personally, without knowing what information, when I can't imagine what additional information that 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 MLB would have over the courts. But personally, I have a strong suspicion that his two-year suspension is going to get reduced. I just have a strong suspicion. So I had I know it's not a criminal case, but I have to imagine that the MLB is going to have to show just cause as to why your longest suspension under this program was one year before, what did Trevor Bauer do, and what information do you have to say, okay, we're going to make your suspension a year longer than that guy. And I, I just have a feeling they're not going to be able to justify that and it's going to get reduced. Just just my hunch. Again, not advocating for anything, to, anything to happen, folks, so don't go there. I'm just stating my hunch and opinion based off how unfortunately, suspensions usually go. I have to imagine more times than not they get reduced. so
1: right. I, but how many suspensions have been reduced to just to domestic violence? That's what I'm saying. Like're how, how many suspensions have been proposed for in the course of MLB having this policy, and how many of them have been reduced so far?
0: I can look that up. But one thing I can, t- again, different sport.
1: You know that right now. What's that? I don't expect you to know that right now because I sure as hell don't.
0: Well, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I agree with you. But I can I can give you one example right now that I already gave from a different sport. Greg Hardy.
1: No, I'm talking about Major League Baseball specifically. Well,
0: uh, well, okay. Well, I'm I, like I just said, I don't have it all the time me right now. I can easily look it up before the segment's over or before the show's over. But what I'm telling you is there are examples of it Regardless of sport, because in a way the sport really doesn't matter. Just keep in mind this is heard by an arbitrator, somebody who doesn't, in theory, doesn't really have a, a horse in the race when it comes to deciding one way or another. Again, theory, I know, but just saying that it can be reduced. I'm not saying it will or it won't. I'm just saying I have a hunch.
1: Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying maybe with the if 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 Greg Hardy is the is the is the poster child like maybe we shouldn't be doing that (laughs) shouldn't be doing what shouldn't be reducing reducing suspensions
0: well again i don't recall the fact pattern of that about why it might have gone gone one way or the other i can guess why i got 10 games initially i mean because again that's you know nfl trying to walk the walk or whatever but just saying it can be reduced and go ahead and go, jump into what you guys say because I'm going to look that up.
1: No, nah, I was just going to say, to your point, Jason, this really isn't about the particular sport. And it's really not about, I mean, it is about Trevor Bauer because he's the one where they have not just one allegation of a woman indicating domestic violence, it's at least two other incidents in addition to this one and so i think that might play into how they landed at this three number 324 in terms of games missed um but i think that's why i bring up the Ray Rice situation because we're talking about you know high you know high profile uh players and we're talking about the fact that you know culture our culture has a domestic violence issue in the first place sports is simply just a a microscope uh, a microcosm if you will um of our everyday culture anyway and so issues like this in in major league sports aren't really about the major leagues it's about people and humanity and relationships um and the fallout from them anyway and that's why i found it compelling Is because number one Obviously something happened with with Trevor Bauer um, um, and potentially one or more women regarding um, regarding domestic violence issue. And I feel like that's something worth discussing because it's like, okay, something had to have happened. some sort of event had to have happened for 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 Rob Manfred to take this on. Nobody, no, no commissioner in their right mind, running a sports league, wants to come off as soft on domestic violence. That's what it boils down to for me.
0: So as I'm looking this up, uh, I actually thought of something that I, re- that I read earlier. So the answer to your question, how many MLB suspensions for domestic violence have been reduced? That would be none, because Trevor Bauer is actually the first one of the of all. There's been 16 guys, including Bauer, to be suspended. Under the MLB's domestic violence policy, none of the other fifteen guys before him appealed appealed their suspension. So to answer your question, none, because nobody's tried to.
1: Right.
0: Uh, now I do want to point out technically the longest suspension is actually hundred games. So, so yeah. So none of them, none of them have tried. I'm sure they have various reasons why they didn't. Um, probably Because those guys are a fa- lot of them are probably found guilty. Um, but again. I don't blame Bauer at all for looking to get, uh, appeal this because it's two years. I do. I would probably do the same thing in his in situation. So, and we'll see what happens. And, and and again, so, yeah, just a hunch that it's probably going to get reduced. I'm not saying it will or won't. If it doesn't, I'll be, color me surprised. And it is what it is.
1: I'm curious. I mean, if there will be any more information that comes out as a result of the arbitration.
0: I, I almost want to say no. I mean, of course, things can get leaked, of course. But based on everything I've been reading, so much stuff has been. Le- what's the word? Agreed upon between the MLBPA and the Players Union when it comes to what stuff can happen, can or can't happen and released to the public in these situations. So short of something leaking when it's not supposed to, I don't think we're going to hear anything because that's what that's what both sides agreed upon. And that's why Manfred can't share any other information that they use to determine the suspension for Bauer. Um, I mean, the, the only statement that Manfred made was um, the league investigation has concluded and that, Determined that Bowers' conduct violated the policy and warranted a suspension. That's basically parap- not really paraphr- paraphrasing. it's a lot of quoting. That's all he really said. That's all he could say. I'll Trust me, I was digging around to find anything that might indicate, hey, what do they know? The only thing I found was that that quote, and basically a lot of people saying that there was no video evidence, which I didn't think there was anyway. So, again, going back to what I was saying before, they're basing it off of probably the same stuff that was, you know, mentioned in court and Manfred MLB is thinking hey you did this here's your suspension now why they don't believe Trevor Bauer hey that's not hey whatever I don't know but they don't and that's why they suspended him so
1: yeah yeah there might be something to that whole believe women thing especially when there's at least three of them saying you did some shit wow
0: so there is three I've only seen articles about one so there's three (laughs) is that what you're saying Terrence
1: that is what I'm saying Okay, that, that was literally what I was saying. I was like, "Fam, there there is one, there is more than one woman, uh, indicating this."
0: Okay, that's fine, but the every article is only talking about the one, and, that, and that's fine. There's two more. Maybe maybe that's part of the problem too. So there you go.
1: So, but yeah, it's it's a new day in uh, American sports, and uh, yeah, you should watch with great interest. All right. That wraps up the segment regarding the E. Trevor Bowers suspension. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to be talking about uh, the retirement of NCAA uh, Captain Mark Emmert. Coming up next on Cal Park Bros. back to Cal Park Rose. Jason and I are fresh off the segment discussing uh, the Trevor Bauer suspension. Um, In this last segment, uh, we're going to be talking about the fact that there's going to be a changing of the guard um, uh, regarding the leadership in the NCAA. Uh, (laughs) Feels like it's been a while since we talked about any sort of uh, Infrastructure stuff related to the NCAA. Uh, and it seems like now is a perfect time to re- address this now that Mark Emmert is retiring after 12 years uh, of being in charge of, of. I call it the league It's really just a big ass conglomerate like it is a business whether people want to acknowledge that it is or not that absolutely is a business. And he's effectively been been running it for um, more than a decade. Um, and so there's been a lot of discussion about what does that mean for the NCAA, um, who's going to be taking over um, for Mark Emmert uh, when he, you know, when it's officially his last day and, you know, he has a big uh, pizza party on his way out. So, Jason, what are some of your initial thoughts um, as There's going to be a change in leadership.
0: Well, you call it a retirement. I definitely am not going to call it that. Um, Indications, which makes sense, indications are that basically he and the NCAA Board of Governors agreed, quotations, that he will step aside or step down, however you want to call it. Uh, And I say that particularly because not long ago he had his contract extended through 2025. And this is public knowledge, I'm not sure people realize this, but Mark Emmert made, or makes, excuse me, over $2 million a year. So I doubt he was gonna be just willingly walk away from that. So for whatever reason, they agreed upon that he would step down, step aside. So definitely not calling a retirement. I get get your point though, but yeah, definitely not going there. Uh, My initial thought was, um, even though some people say it shouldn't be surprising, kind of surprised, because one, because of that contract, and two, I know he liked working there. But three, it, it seemed like there were plans in place, either instituted by him or spearheaded by him at the behest of others that he was gonna be carrying out going in. And obviously this is based off of me last being employed there under the NCAA uh, this past uh, November. So I'm kind of surprised in that regard. However, if you kind of look at some of the more recent things that have gone down, you can definitely see probably why he was asked to step down when it comes to the situation that happened with uh, this past uh, basketball tournaments, when it comes to the workout facilities down there between the men's and women's. And that got a lot of attention, as it should have. Uh, the, the disparity there with why the men's had everything at their disposal when it comes to weights, stuff like that, where I think the women had like, like yoga mats and like 10-pound dumbbells and that was it. Um, I know he definitely caught hell for that, as he, again as he should have. uh, Even though, even though I will say, like any major company, the stuff that happens within the company isn't the fault of the president. Like it's not they're like they're not the ones out there saying, "Oh, we'll give the men this, give the women that." No. So Mark, yes, Mark Emmert was not the one deciding that and making that happen. However, that's the price of being in charge. You're gonna get blamed. The company, the the company itself is gonna get blamed for everything. But because you're the president for the company. Is going to fall on you. But part of the problem was that whenever it was brought to his attention, and, of course, he got in front of the media to explain, basically he it wasn't a good explanation. It was really more defensive, making excuses as opposed to – obviously they didn't simply fix the situation, but it was more of his media explanation of it was, again, more of defensive, which did, didn't need to be. And I will also say that a lot of the employees there weren't fond of that situation either, as again, as they shouldn't have. And I'm sure most people weren't either. Uh, then you also have the situation. And I don't want to just put it just on the Kansas situation, but obviously their school is being investigated for almost three years. And then all of a sudden their team wins the national championship in basketball. And then after the fact or whatever, around the same time, they get you know hit with punishments. So just kind of the timing of certain things when it comes to t- investigation taking forever and then not really doing meaning anything. Obviously, the NIL situation having to go to court and NCAA fighting it to happen, but the court saying no, this is going to be a thing, dog. So you guys need to get to, get behind it. Several states are you know doing things, and it seemed like the NCAA was only taking their, their eventual stance on NIL because they were forced into it by the Fed courts and the state state governments. So all that to say, in his in last year or so, just not good looks for, for, for Emmert, and I'm sure, again, that's some of the reason why the board and him decided to agree, quote-unquote, again, for him to step away. Um, the one last thing I'm going to let you jump back in, that people might have seen the date saying that he's not going to step down until June 30th of 2023. So, of course, people are saying, why is he waiting a year? Why did he just step down now? Uh, well, just from what I know from working there, they likely want to have some sort of plan in place for his replacement.'t want to, they don't want the spot to just be gone and open and not filled by anybody because I also have to imagine, too, according to a lot of sources, which makes sense, that's going to be a new direction of the NCAA, right For all this Nil stuff, potential move to move into the current century, as many people are saying. So they want to pick the right person. So technically, even though the date says he's not stepping down until June 30th, 2023, if the NCAA find you know figures out what plan they want to make when it comes to the direction of the NCAA, they have somebody ahead of that date to replace him. Then he will step down at that time frame. So it could be six months, could be the full year, whatever. But that's why that date was mentioned. So the NCAA has time to formulate their plan and find and recruit the next replacement. I have thoughts on that, information on that as well. But those are my initial thoughts, sir. What say you?
1: Um, I do think that to your point that Nash, the NCAA is going to be different. Uh, name and likeness has changed things for better or for worse. Um, the, 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 the the old, the old ways, some of those are going to erode. Some of those, some people feel they need to, um, and it it you will need someone in charge of the NCAA, number one, that <laughs> makes sure all of this corporate money doesn't walk out the door, which it won't. But also the NCAA is trying to do everything in their power to hold on to, you know, this gold mine that is, you know, college basketball, college football. Um but they also have to evolve with the times as the 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 appetite of the average college student to um, to be involved in those sports. Um, to your point, Jason, yeah, name and likeness that could have been, you know, they suppress boosters for so long. <laughs> And so now it seems like, hey, you know, the NCAA is so woke because they they they're they're you're actually allowed to get deals. It's like, yeah, it's it's not nearly as progressive as as it as it sounds when you think about the fact that they've been suppressing um individuals from uh effectively profiting off of them off of their gifts anyway. Um so whoever's in charge of this thing in a year. While they're trying to do their succession planning, we'll have to be mindful of that. So those are my initial thoughts.
0: Now, I will say this. Um, no matter what decisions the NCAA makes about anything, they're never, ever, ever going to make 100% of the people happy with whatever they decide, no matter what. It is. Even when it comes to NIL, as, as many of positive – you mentioned for better or worse – for many people that think it's for the better, there's an equal amount of people who think it's for the worse, And I took a lot of those phone calls. People think it's ruining the game, it's killing amateurism, your favorite term, uh, things like that. Uh, even when it comes to the transfer portal, people are lauding that, praising that, giving kids the chance to actually transfer and blah, 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 and all that stuff like that. People were hating that as well. So no matter what, they're never going to make anybody, make 100% of the people happy. Whether it's Mark Emmert, the presidents before him, Whoever comes after them, that's never going to happen. And it is what it is. So whoever is the president, when it comes to whatever decision you make, you can't necessarily worry about trying to please the people because you're going to piss off half of them and make the other ones happy. So you have to make whatever the best decision is for college sports and the college student athletes. And that's the end of the story with that. Regarding the replacement, potentially, I talked to some of my uh, former cohorts at the NCAA and a couple of them kind of had the same sentiments or hunch again, that who the next president may be. It would not shock me. And I'm not saying that this what they're, I'm not going to say they're going to pull Joe Biden saying that they're going to be doing this, like gunning to do this. But it wouldn't shock me if the next president of the NCAA is either a female or someone of color or both. Definitely, well, also I'll throw an additional in that. It wouldn't shock me if it was somebody who in general was younger. Uh, Mark Emmert's, you know, 69. Honestly, he went to the job. He was 57, which is not old, old no. But but I think it does. It's going to take somebody who has a different mindset of, like I said, NCAA blades looking to come into the current century. Well, you have to have somebody with that mindset that's looking to do that same thing. Right, And I will say from personal experience, particularly the reason why I got fired, some of the old mindset is the reason behind that. So, again, change is good. But along with the speculations, personally, when I first heard this, my first thought of the replacement was going to be Dan Gavitt, who, if people don't know, he is officially the senior vice president for, the, for basketball. Not to mention, obviously, he has that pretty high position for an important spot over basketball, which obviously, as I mentioned before, is very important to the financials of the NCAA. But not to mention, also, he is someone who's very experienced when it comes to talking and dealing with the media. That's also, that was also one knock on Mark Emmer that he didn't really do well with the media. He didn't seem comfortable doing it. Dan Gavitt's not going to have that problem. Now, I'll say I don't know if he wants the job, but I'd have to say he's probably the number one candidate based off what I know from working there. I found articles, you know, kind of speculating on who top candidates are. And, of course, there's pretty good ones, a lot of female candidates, which is great. Um, one good thing, that I saw suggested was whoever they hire should be somebody who has not been a former school president, like a college president, which Mark Emmert was. They're saying, that they you know, get somebody to move away from that which I can see the benefit of that. But there is one person of the the candidate list who fits that bill, who's not a former uh, college president. She's a minority. She's a female. And she's somebody that actually saw speak in person at the NCAA. And that would be one Condoleezza Rice. Called it. Yeah, exactly. So she's um, not saying she's going to get the job or anything, but she's among one of the top candidates. And even though it may sound funny, because people may not recognize this, you know, they recognize she may not have a whole strong connection when it comes to sports. I mean, which is what it is, which in a way could be a good thing. But clearly. She has experience dealing with the media, clearly. She has connections, obviously, to being a part of a White House staff, so she can handle that pressure. If she can handle that pressure, she can handle anything going on with the NCAA, for sure. Now, where her mind will be when it comes to bringing the the NCAA forward into a new century, that I can't answer. I don't know. But she's probably one of the more prominent names, probably the most prominent name amongst the top candidates for the role. So um, it it will be very interesting to see who – uh, is a replacement. I'm still not betting on it, obviously, NCAA, not betting on this, but, you know, it wouldn't shock me if it's damn Gavitt, to be honest with you, but, again, if you want to try something different, all the all their previous presidents have been white males, not knocking white males, but, again, something different. And we know the NCAA is looking to be progressive, and whoever they, whoever they hire is going to be somebody who's qualified. So, again, so we're not looking to hire somebody, just to hire somebody in particular. So, 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 so there's that, Terrence. What, what, again, not say you have to name any names in particular, but what are your thoughts about who the replacement should be? And now, when I say who, I don't necessarily be named, but I just mean in general when it comes to the type of person who should be the next president.
1: Uh, the type of person who should be the next president of the NCAA should probably be someone who believes in free market principles. I'll start there.
0: How, and how would that benefit the NCAA or student-athletes?
1: Uh, well, we already know how it would benefit student athletes, um, and student athletes have been beating down this door before Mark Emmert was uh, working on his action strategy last year. Shout out to the Kansas City Jayhawks, by the way. That was yeah. great. that was great. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That, pro- that I don't want to say that was a nail in the coffin, but that that that, that might have got an extra nail in somebody's hand and say, "Oh, let's start hammering this right now." Yeah, that was not a good look, bro. Not yeah.
1: good. <laughs> I wish I wish that <laughs> it was almost as if that guy was already on uh, he was already on vacation as far as this job was concerned. Uh so, yeah, th- that to me that's a core tenant uh for the next person in charge in the NCAA, uh because those free market principles have allowed the excuse me the NCAA to effectively, you know, become the, the financial behemoth one kind that it is. Um, so you were asking the question how it would benefit the NCAA, it's in its best interest to keep as many talented collegiate players as it possibly can for as long as this can, and if they don't. Then those kids will simply find other avenues to play other than the NCAA. So, and I believe that keeping those avenues for for revenue generating purposes, that's in the NCAA's best interest.
0: So, and maybe this is my confusion here. So, you say revenue generating uh, avenues for the NCAA
1: are.
0: I'm assuming you're not referring to NIL, correct, or are you?
1: I'm talking about the fact that NCAA really didn't have a choice but to just embrace that. They've been fighting it tooth and nail the last 20 years. Agreed. But the writing was on the wall. They were going to lose. Agreed. So they don't get extra credit. They, uh, And if they're not careful, you know, you'll – it it's 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 no different than who knows what the National Basketball Association is gonna come up with relating to their uh one and done rule. You may see more players like one of the, the Ball brothers going straight overseas and not and just opting out of the college experience altogether.
0: Well, they tried that. The not not Lonzo obviously, but the other two. Yeah, they, they bought, they bought past the whole college thing, went overseas and played. And obviously, Melo, uh, yeah, obviously, he's in the NBA. So I agree with you on that. In that regard, there are going to be certain, those certain people who feel like they want to buck the college system because they want to make money, right? And that's essentially why those two ball brothers did that. They not want to go to college, they want to make some money, get that experience as well, which obviously helped Melo. I can't, I got to say that. But but I also think, though, now that – whether it's begrudgingly or not, I think now those players are more so, instead of going overseas, potentially, they're going to stick with the NCAA route because they can still get that – certain players, not all – because they can still get that NIL money, at least, which is not coming from the NCAA, by the way, or schools themselves. But, yeah, so that might bring more kids to the NCAA route as opposed to going elsewhere. But I do agree with you. yes, potentially – Kids are going to find those other avenues. Certain kids that they don't want to go go the college route at all, anyway. I don't know if the NCAA can really do much about that, no matter what they do. But I, I but I do think that percentage of those kids that are going to go the international route or the G League route. I still think it's going to be a small percentage because there's not going to be that many kids that can actually do that talent wise. And also, we're focusing a lot when it comes to basketball on this. But keep in mind, the NCAA is, and I know you know this, but the NCAA is way more than just basketball, folks. There are some people that don't know that.
1: They got football, too.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> to some degree, yes. But, but yeah, some people, you think, you'd be surprised how many people say, oh, oh NCAA, that's you know, basketball, right? I'm like, there. Are, well, there are 24 other sports with the NCAA, yes, but basketball is one of them, yeah.
1: And so, he has only had, like, two of them. So just saying. <laughs>
0: Well, that, well, with the NIL stuff that's back now. EA Sports is back now. Back thank again.
1: you, thank you, Ed O'Bannon.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so yeah. So, I I don't think the NCAA can really do a whole lot to lose certain college athletes. Because again, we're only talking about a small percentage of those who could really take other routes outside of going the college route. Because again, keep in mind we're talking just talking about basketball. Is other sports as well. So. Uh, but obviously, basketball is the one people think of as being the most popular, and there are other avenues to go down. Football, what else are you going to do? Where else are you going to go? What other avenues are you going to take right out, of, right out of high school, besides playing in college, to get you ready for the NFL? So, um, but I do agree, the NCAA needs to be very progressive, while still keeping the focus on making college sports under for the schools underneath their umbrella. To make it better experience for the college athletes, and whatever that may entail, that still stays within the guidelines of of the current bylaws or whatever they may become, which we don't know. I don't foresee a whole lot of change on that, frankly. Um, but even with the transfer portal, things like that that people you know may mock and try to destroy, small things like that, and other measures that I will need to go to or mention on this on this uh, uh, podcast. But there are things that people don't see that the NCAA does do for the student-athletes. But no matter what, NCAA is going to be looked at as an evil corporation. People want to say let's get rid of the NCAA. Which to that I always say, then we'll see alternative, in which no one ever has an answer for that, by the way. So, but no matter what, NCAA is what it is. They are the governing body for that particular group of college sports. They just need to do better. And be better.
1: Yeah. And that'll be up to uh whoever is going to be taking over this gig in the next six to twelve months. So
0: Cundy Rice? No, I don't
1: know. <laughs> wow.
0: I don't know. I have no clue folks.
1: <laughs> Alright. That concludes our segment on Mark Emmer uh <laughs> 12-year tenure within uh the NCAA. And uh, with that, we'll wrap up the show. Thank you for listening to the Cal Bros Podcast with your hosts Terrence and Jason. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave us a rating and review. Five stars, as always, are appreciated. You can always send the show feedback or show topics at calparkbros at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at calparkbros.com. You can also reach us on the CPB voicemail at 405-877-2767. That's 405 877 bros Who knows? Your message is going to end up on a future episode of this here podcast. Jason, final thoughts for the people.
0: Final thoughts. are, man. Hey, that was a good episode, bro. Love doing those topics with you. Folks, hopefully you enjoyed that. Keep in mind that we drop our episodes, audio episodes, every Thursday. Make sure you check us out on CalPortBros.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. But we also drop our video segments every Monday on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So make sure you check, check us out both ways. Make sure you're being good Calpart Bros stalkers, Cal Park Bros nerds. Take in all the goodness of the Calpart Bros because you know you love it. You know you enjoy it. You know that we're the podcast to hear and watch and you have been living it, loving it, and doing it. So again, thank you for that. But now it's that time. It's that great time that all you great Cal Park Bros stalkers and nerds love. It's time for the catchphrase. Time for the hashtag. Time for the line. When it comes to all things Calpart Bros, make sure you like us. Love us, share us, and follow us. Because if you like
1: us, why wouldn't you? That's right. And with that said, this is Cal Bros. Signing off. Peace out, y'all. Like us, love us, share us, follow
0: us. And if you like us, why wouldn't you?